0: Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to Analyzing with Anne. That's Analyzing spelled with two N's, just like my name. No E on the end of that one there. Today I am providing you with a bonus episode, ranking the four When Calls the Heart Christmas movies. That's right. I'm doing the four Christmas movies. Now, I know there are five, but the first one is technically a New Year's movie. Just as a reminder, in case you haven't listened to earlier episodes, I have done a full analysis on the most recent Christmas movie in the series, Home for Christmas. So you can always go to my website and find the episodes and listen to that. All right, without further ado, let's get started. Number four is the very first One Calls a Heart Christmas movie. This one features Sam the Peddler, who I thought was a very fun addition to this movie. I loved the Coulter storyline. I thought they were hilarious in this movie. I thought that Cody's storyline was very touching. How he wanted to get his friend Maggie the doll that she wanted. Once he had heard that the train that was getting all the toys into Hope Valley that had been ordered was backed up and they wouldn't be there in time for Christmas. He got bummed and ended up finding that very doll from Sam the Peddler and got that for Maggie. I thought that was very cute. I liked the idea of the adults working together the night before to save Christmas for the children so that they would have the toys that were scheduled to come in I weren't going to be able to make it to Hope Valley in time for Christmas Day. The one thing that I like about this movie that the others do not cover is that there is a Christmas pageant that actually does cover the real meaning of Christmas. For some reason, in the more recent ones, that isn't featured, and that is very disappointing, but that is probably the highlight of this movie for me. I will say, in comparison to the other three movies on this list, this one lacks a lot of the community feel not that they weren't working as a community but it lacks that ensemble feel so that is one thing that brings this down it seemed to focus a lot more on Jack, Elizabeth, Abigail, and Cody which is fine if you like those characters Personally, I prefer the supporting characters over the weeds in a series. That's just me, but I thought this movie was good nonetheless. Moving on to number three. Now, number three and number two were really difficult because I feel where one kind of lacks some ground, the other one makes up for it, if that makes any sense. You'll probably understand once I get through why they're at numbers three and number two. So number three is The Greatest Christmas Blessing. As much as I like the story, I'm not a big fan of Elizabeth and her storyline, so that being used to kind of mimic Mary's storyline was kind of want wah for my liking. But if you're one who likes Elizabeth, then this is probably going to be spot on for you. I loved Henry and Millie's storyline. I thought that was really cute and sweet. I enjoyed Team's classy story but I wish we would have seen a little bit more from them. I loved Lee and Jesse's moment with the cufflings. I thought that was done really well. It was nice to see some mentorship going on between Lee and Jesse in this movie. I don't know if anyone has seen the movie A Christmas Kiss, but if you've seen that Christmas movie, there is talk about Biggie Pudding, and the characters who try it end up not really liking it. So I find that hilarious that in This movie, they're all about the figgy pudding. I also liked how they broke tradition with a Christmas salami because they couldn't get a roast, couldn't get a turkey, couldn't get a chicken, so they ended up with salami. Thinking back to that, I think a ham would have been the next best thing if they couldn't get a chicken, so I guess we're just going to have to assume that a ham was not available, so they ended up with a salami, which I thought was fun. It was very different. I think what brought this movie down for me was it didn't have quite the ensemble feel of the movie from the previous year going into season 5. This movie goes into season 6. It didn't seem to have the best ensemble balance in this movie I don't know why because it does have an ensemble balance but it's not as good as the other ones that I'll get to here in a moment so that is why I think I have to put this one at number 3 moving on to number 2 The Wishing Tree I liked how we got to learn a little bit more about Rosemary's family and her past as she talks about where her love of performing came from The whole scene was funny. Actually, Lee and Rosemary's scenes were hilarious in this one. I liked the storyline between Carson and Mrs. McCormick. I liked how Carson finally gives Mrs. McCormick the straight truth. He gives it to her up front. He's not trying to be Mr. Nice Guy about it. He's trying to be stern about it what is going on in her life and why she has not moved forward since the loss of her husband. I think we need to see more of this in Hope Valley. There seem to be too many spoonfuls of sugar all over the place, and I think this would be a nice touch to add to Hope Valley to get a little bit of meat in there. I liked how Jesse had to wrestle with his old habits of stealing as he saw that Dottie had the safe of money. later on, we find out that he had counted the money, so it is a little surprising that he didn't end up taking anything from there. But at the same time, he's into Clara, and he knows Clara would not approve of him taking the money. He knows it's not the right thing to do, but we find out that he's struggling with not taking the money for the right reasons, as he says later that he figures he needs to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because... He wants to impress Clara. There is a moment in time where you do see the look on his face where you can tell he's kind of struggling with that old habit of taking money that doesn't belong to him. And I think that made the stakes higher for him in his storyline. After re-watching this, I found the irony in the situation where Rosie is getting stuff ready to take home as they've been working on stuff for the parade. And then has this conversation with Lee about how she's always good at finding potential in people. And she has saw potential in Henry, who had come back under probation because he's technically supposed to be in jail. Abigail wanted to provide him with a warm cell instead of a prison tent to sleep in. So Bill ends up frying call in a favor for Abigail, and they end up having Henry do some community service. In the scene where Rosie's talking to Lee, Henry had just gone off while they were finishing up last-minute things for the parade floats. I found this ironic because Rosie thinks that Henry has chosen wrong when given a situation between right and wrong. However, later... In the movie, and if you watch this from the beginning, you kind of get a sense that Henry really wants to help bring Abigail's adopted daughter, Becky, back to Hope Valley for Christmas. Find out later that that is why he went off, because he knew how to get to the depot that Becky was stuck at. So he took off, took a horse, and went to the depot to bring Becky home for Christmas so Abigail could spend Christmas with her family. And I found it very ironic that Rosie is under the impression or assuming that Henry is choosing wrong when in a way he's actually choosing right in this situation and he doesn't need anyone to tell him what to do. He decides to just go ahead and do this on his own. He didn't necessarily do it in the right way, but at least no one was pushing him to do it and he did it on his own initiative, which is good. We see Abigail actually show some humility towards Henry when he comes to help spruce up her office. Henry makes a comment about how the town seems to admire and respect her. And without thinking, Abigail makes the comment that it's funny what happens when you don't steal from your constituents. After she makes it, you can tell immediately that she is thinking, I should not have said that. She apologizes to Henry. This is one of the most humble moments for Abigail in the whole series. She apologizes to Henry and says that was uncalled for. As someone who doesn't see Abigail as the most humble person in all Hope Valley I appreciate that. I also noticed after watching this for the first time, probably for about a year now, I noticed a correlation between Bill's wish of hope on the tree after he has told Abigail that he's tried to work things out so Jack. Can and spend Christmas in Hope Valley with Elizabeth, but he couldn't work anything out. Before even talking about that, he made a quick mention to Abigail wanting Becky to make it home for Christmas, and, and Abigail said that might be a little too much to ask for. Then when she leaves, after their whole conversation, Bill writes... On an ornament and we find out later he wrote the word hope. There's a correlation between what Abigail needed hope for and what Bill needed hope for. Abigail was hoping that somehow Becky would be able to make it home for Christmas. And Bill was hoping that somehow Jack could stay for Christmas. I had never made that correlation between that conversation and how both of them wanted hope. I thought this movie had an overall excellent ensemble feel. This movie might actually have the overall ensemble feel out of all of these movies, but the one that ended up being number one seemed to highlight more characters and more backstories were kind of mentioned in passing in what is my number one movie. So without further ado, let me just give you my number one ranking. Home for Christmas. Like I said, I have a full analysis on this movie, so I am going to try to make this as quick as possible. I love the continuation of The Wishing Tree in this one, which was also continuated in The Greatest Christmas Blessing, and I liked that touch in that movie too. The one thing that they didn't bring back for season six was... The whole Santa Claus debacle among the men of Hope Valley. You would think that with them bringing in two suitors for Elizabeth and with Henry and Jesse, Carson, even Hickam, they have plenty of men who have not gotten to play Santa Claus that could potentially play Santa Claus. So it would have been really fun to see a little bit of rivalry or to see all the men not wanting to play Santa Claus, which is usually the ordeal. I think they could have incorporated that with this movie or could have alluded to it in some way. The Coulter's storyline was really fun. Them coming up with a gift for Baby Jack and had to be the perfect gift because they could only come up with one. I thought Team I's storyline was also fun and it was very cute. I liked how they kept missing each other because they were trying to surprise each other and then Faith, with the help of Fiona, had to... Get a hold of the station that Carson was going to be at so that Carson knew Faith was not going to be home. She was going to be in Hope Valley. If you watch the movie and pay attention, it's very quick. The time lapse between when we see Carson leave to get on the train to head over to where Faith's family is. And then Faith comes in from where she's been to the Hope Valley station. It's a very small lapse of time. It's almost the very second that you see Carson exit, Faith comes in. So that was fun. This time that I've rewatched it, I noticed how Elizabeth avoided sharing any of her recent Christmas traditions with Nathan when he asked about how she celebrated Christmas. She went straight to her childhood and those traditions. She didn't really make any mention of the community celebrations that she had been a part of in the past for Hope Valley, which I thought was very interesting. She didn't even think of mentioning that because that's been her biggest part of Christmas since she moved to Hope Valley, was being a part of the community festivities. I thought that was interesting. I enjoyed Nathan and Allie's relationship. I enjoyed learning more about Fiona, Lucas, and Nathan in this episode since we had just gotten introduced to them in Season 6 and this was an introduction into Season 7. I noticed how Fiona seems to breathe more life into the people of Hope Valley. There's something about her personality that sparks more life. She seems very genuine. Not at all of an elite like Elizabeth seems to come off as Fiona seems very genuine, and I like that she does not have the typical Pioneer Woman job that you see them pursue. They're usually a teacher. Fiona is very different, and she has a lot of sass, but also a lot of sweetness that you see come out. She also comes off as very warm and friendly to everyone, but she will speak her mind when she feels like the situation called for it. She is by far one of the more interesting characters on the show, and she seems to breathe a lot of life into everyone around her in Hope Valley. I enjoyed the community aspect of this movie, and I liked how every character Lee or supporting had so something to contribute to this movie episode of the show. While I don't think it was the perfect ensemble feel, I felt like no one was necessarily cheated out of screen time. They could have maybe done a little bit more with, Justin and Clara, but I felt like no one was really severely cheated out of screen time on this one. Even the supporting roles had a fair amount of screen time for what they were working with for the storylines in this movie. That is probably why this is not my number one. I love how we have a little bit more of a variety Every character leading or supporting has something special to contribute. It looks like they all kind of have their own moment in this movie. So that is why Home for Christmas ended up ranking at number one. You can find this podcast on my webpage, slash. And dash riddle. That is all lowercase. Anchor a n c h o r dot fm slash and a n n dash riddle r i d d l e all lowercase letters that will tell you a lot of the platforms that you can find this podcast on. Two of the most well-known platforms are Apple podcast and Spotify. So you can definitely find this podcast on those platforms. And if you happen to find this podcast on Apple and end up subscribing, please leave a rating and a review. So I know what I'm doing well and what I need to work on for this. That's very helpful. You can also follow me at parlor at AM Riddle 8. And that is a capital A. All the other letters are lowercase. A M as in Monkey Riddle 8. You can also follow me at Twitter at A Riddle91. Again, that is a riddle spelled. R-I-D as in dog, another D as in dog, L-E-91. Sorry I don't have one of those for you today. Enjoy the rest of your day, and Merry Christmas!